The following program is sponsored by the National Prayer Chapel. Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenley from the National Prayer Chapel. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, 
they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 23. This psalm is often used by pastors as they lead in a worship service for the dead at a funeral. And it is a comforting psalm, but it's much more than that. This psalm is for the living. It's for those who choose Jesus. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. Who is it that says, The Lord is my shepherd? Who is this Lord? Very quickly, if you turn to the book of Colossians, it will tell you. For by him, this is Colossians 1, verse 16, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all of his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. This is who this Lord is. There is nothing too hard for him. We're at a very difficult time in America. We need to hear who our Lord is. We need to begin to understand what he wants from us. I'm going to walk with you today through this awe-inspiring psalm of David, the shepherd boy who became the shepherd king who was the forefather of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you. I have listened to several online churches as they have held their worship service with an empty sanctuary. A few of their leaders gathered around I watched one this morning. He was in full vestments. He stood at the pulpit and he unfolded his sermon. What concerned me was it's the same kind of sermon he would have preached on any Sunday. The leadership of his church that stood around him as he preached the sermon they looked utterly bored they looked dead in the spirit I'm not going to judge I'm just telling you what it looked like that somehow 
in this very difficult and painful time, the primary focus is on, okay, how do we survive this? That's not what a Christian would say. The focus is on, how do I comfort your heart? Well, Jesus is our comforter, but he's the Lord. There was no word to repent to get right with Jesus. It was assumed everybody's fine. And everybody's not fine. We are so filled with our own fantasy, with our own understandings, with our own desires, with our own wants. Where do we finally stop the illusion that everything is fine in America? America is shut down. We are facing We are facing businesses and families going bankrupt because America is shut down. And then we're going to face times of terrible famine and shortages of foods here in America. Isn't it time for us to humble our hearts before Almighty God and begin to repent and get right with him. I listened to Governor Como from New York. He said, we are not ever going back to normal. He said, we cannot go back. Instead, we must go forward and we're going to find a new kind of normal. But it's not going to be very comfortable. He was right. Many of you are having a hard time understanding how you're going to pay your rent for next month or how you're going to cover your mortgage. You're having a hard time knowing what are you going to do with your car? Are they going to repo it? You don't see a way going forward. You don't, you don't have any comprehension of how you're going to go forward. Well, I'm in the same place. I don't know how I'll pay rent this next month. I don't know how I'll pay for this radio broadcast for next month. I'm not the Lord. I don't have answers, except one answer. And that answer is, the Lord is my shepherd. And so, I'm called to humble my heart before God and say, I have no idea how to survive this. I am a sheep, a lamb of God. There's a characteristic of sheep. They are very shy. They're very timid. They will run away very quickly if challenged by even a chihuahua. They run without common sense. They just run. Sheep are not very smart. They can't fight for themselves to protect themselves. You put them in a... You put them in a pasture 
and they will eat that pasture down until there's nothing left. They'll pull the grass up if necessary and eat the roots. And finally, the pasture will be destroyed. It'll be bare. Dirt. If you take a sheep to water him, he's very shy. He's not going to drink from running water because he knows that if somehow he falls, his his fur, his... He knows that if he falls, the wool will become so heavy in the in the water that he cannot get back up by himself. And he could even drown. Sheep are not lions. They're not bears. Sheep need a shepherd. I need a shepherd. I don't know how to make it through what's happening in America. I don't know how to make it through with the radio broadcast. I don't know how to make it through. But I know who my shepherd is. I know Jesus Christ is my shepherd. It means I have to humble my heart before him. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. Well, to understand a sheep will not lie down if he's terrified. A sheep will not lie down if he's hungry. A sheep will not lie down if he's thirsty. A sheep needs the master close by to assure him that he has enough. And if a a shepherd makes sheep lie down in green pastures, you know that they have had their fill. They'll begin early in the morning feeding once more. A sheep can go a long time not drinking from regular water, but simply the dew that's on the leaves of the grass in the early morning. But it says he leads me beside quiet waters. A sheep will not drink from running water. He's afraid of it. And so the shepherd has to make a place where there's a still pond of water. Use rocks, dam up a part of it. They need quiet water. And then it says, He restores my soul. Literally, in the Hebrew, it is, He returns my soul to its rightful place. Well, where is my rightful place? My rightful place is humbly bowing before Jesus and acknowledging that he is my shepherd. Tough guys won't acknowledge Jesus as the shepherd. And some of you today are the tough guy. 
You're so full of yourself. You're so full of your own ideas and your own judgments. You're so full of your own anger and your own bitterness and your own loneliness. You need to pray this psalm and say, Almighty God, return my heart to its rightful place where I acknowledge you, Jesus, as my shepherd. He guides me in paths of righteousness. That he guides me in orbits or circuits of righteousness. He leads me into a place where I will humbly bow my head. I can tell you right now that this judgment of coronavirus, it is what God is doing in the world. It is what God is doing to try to turn the hearts of men and women back into its rightful place of humility and waiting upon the Lord God of heaven. He must guide us into paths of innocence. The word righteousness literally means innocence. He guides me into paths of innocence because I've not been innocent. I've been full of self. I've been full of my own desires. I've been full of my ambitions. I've been full of anger. I've been full of lust. I've been full of all kinds of things. We're human. All of us have faced this. But now, our shepherd comes. He comes to return us to our rightful place of humility and obedience to the Lord Jesus. I've been saying some very hard things in the last weeks, calling you to repent before the Lord, warning you that we're getting very close to the time when the mark of the beast will come and the two witnesses will arise in America. Satan and the world global government people have their plan for what they're going to do with the world. I can tell you their plans will be thwarted by the mighty God of heaven. And the Lord is going to have a flock he said in the 10th chapter, verse 14 of the Gospel of John, that he was the good shepherd. Satan is not going to win. I've read Revelation from beginning to end, and I can't explain to you everything that Revelation teaches, but I can explain one thing to you. In the end, Jesus wins. In the end, Jesus wins. Right now, it's a hard time. I rejoice in this hard time because I know Jesus is restoring America to its rightful place. And I am pleading, Almighty God, will you send revival to America? He can turn everything around. But we're going to have to confess the wickedness of our nation in murdering babies. We're going to have to confess our wicked ambitions. 
our lack of concern for Jesus, our turning our back on him. We're going to have to confess our bitterness and our anger. We're going to have to get clean before God. And if we'll do that, he will turn this plague away. If we don't do that, the coming famine will devour us and many will die. He guides us and returns us to our rightful place. Verse 4, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, literally that word valley is gorge. Even though I walk through the gorge of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That valley of death is what we're walking through right now as many become ill, as we're shut away in our homes, as fear rules the land, as fear comes because we're not going to work as normal. Money is running out. Many of you fear you will lose your homes and your car. You'll lose everything. Particularly the millennials. They have gig jobs, work in restaurants, and the money is not there. Hopefully they can go home and live with mom and dad, but that's hard because mom and dad are also probably out of work. And so fear rules America right now and the world. Psalm 23 says, Even though the valley of the shadow of death, and I'm walking through it, he says, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Well, what is this rod business? A shepherd has one piece of equipment that is most precious to him, and that is his shepherd's rod. With that rod, he punishes, he directs, he gives orders. He punishes sheep that will not obey. With his staff, he reaches down into the hole that we've gotten ourselves into, and he pulls us out. He rescues us. And so we are comforted because we are returned to our rightful place of humility before Almighty God. The question was asked, what do we do if we feel far from the Lord? Well, number one, we must repent. The way you begin to come close to the Lord is to honestly confess your sin. And you don't get into self-examination. You keep your eyes on Jesus. And you renounce yourself and you give yourself utterly into his hand. 
The second step is you lift your hands in praise and honor to glorify the name of Jesus. Right now, I'm spending a great deal of my time reading the scriptures, praying and praising the name of Jesus. As you praise him, as you worship him, he will make certain that you are returned to a rightful place with him. And then you read the scriptures. You spend time with Jesus. You sit in his presence. You can peter away a whole day working, doing things around the house, looking at the internet, watching television, talking on the telephone. You can peter away a whole day and go to bed with your heart filled with fear because you have not been in the presence of Jesus. It's amazing to me how people, churches, everybody is just simply hunkering down in America and trying to survive, limiting what they do because they have to, but still at heart doing the same thing they've always done, pursuing their own path, going their own way, building their own organizations, building their own businesses, including churches. It's time to stop. It's time to get right with Jesus. So it's repenting. It's praising. It's reading scripture. And it's praying the scriptures. Humbling your heart before Jesus. Confessing him as your shepherd. And knowing that you shall not be in want. He will be your provision. Am I frightened that I won't be able to pay rent this month? No. Am I frightened that I will not be able to pay for the radio this month? No. Several have still not been able to send in their pledge for the month of March. So we're still short. Am I afraid? No. My eyes are on my shepherd. The people who made the pledges are not my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. My job is not my shepherd. My family's not my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. The internet is not my shepherd. Movies and entertainment are not my shepherd. Church liturgy is not my shepherd. Jesus is my shepherd. The person of Jesus Christ is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I've made a vow with him. I will only receive from his hand that which he wants to give me. I trust him. How will I pay the rent? How will I pay the radio? He said he would carry me. He said, wait upon the Lord and the Lord will carry you through. He will carry me through. And I will bear testimony 
that he has done so. I walk by faith and not by sight. You must walk by faith and not by sight. You must wait upon the Lord now. America must wait upon the Lord and repent and obey his word. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Who are our enemies? Well, right now, unemployment is our enemy. COVID-19 is our enemy. Globalists are our enemy. The sins that so easily beset are our enemies. The Lord is saying, You prepare a table before me, the presence of my enemies. The Lord sets a table for us in the presence of our enemies, of our sin, of our ambition. He sets a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. Psalm 45, 7. It's the oil of joy that he anoints my head with. Now you know why the shepherd anoints the head of the sheep to present the to prevent the flies from coming and laying their eggs. The flies don't like the oil. So the shepherd will oil his head and oil the nostrils so that the the flies won't come and lay eggs and bite and bother the sheep. The sheep will not lie down and rest if their head is not anointed with oil. Is your head anointed with the oil of Jesus today? Have you been brought into his presence? Is there joy in your heart? Does your cup overflow, or is your cup empty? I can tell you now the cup of America is empty, and it is emptying out very quickly. Even that which is left is being taken. The only way your cup will overflow is if the Lord is your shepherd. It means giving up control to Jesus. It means waiting upon Jesus. It means obeying the voice of the Holy Spirit as he speaks to you. Life is not going to be normal, quote, unquote, again for you or for me. We are entering into a totally unknown time for our experience and many of you are going to be wiped out financially, emotionally, and physically because you have not made the Lord your shepherd and you are in want. But will you repent? And will you declare that Jesus is your shepherd? And will you allow him to return you to a rightful place of innocence before him. 
I thank God for this judgment that has come upon all of us. I thank God because it is a wake-up call to get right with Jesus. As long as you have everything you need, as long as you're out there cranking and getting money and your ambitions are being fulfilled, you will not turn to Jesus. But I tell you what, if you don't turn to Jesus now, if you don't repent now, famine is coming and what you're now experiencing will become much more desperate as the food in the grocery stores run out and your children begin to cry with hunger. What will it take for you to finally humble your heart and say, Jesus, I humble my heart before you and begin to confess the specific ways you have been arrogant and proud before Almighty God. I can guarantee you there will be no peace in America until America repents. I would urge you to pray that our president would call for a national day of prayer, of prayer and fasting, to ask God to turn aside this COVID-19 and the famine that will follow in its way. Never in my lifetime have we faced such a severe crisis. It will get better as we repent and return to Jesus. America is utterly bankrupt and corrupt. And I plead with all of you who listen to this broadcast, confess Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. Confess Jesus as your shepherd and grant him all of the authority over your life to give you direction, to bring whatever discipline is necessary into your heart that you would obey the shepherd. He wants to anoint your head with oil, the oil of joy. Psalm 45, verse 7. The oil of joy. In the midst of this pandemic, or whatever it is, I have great joy in my heart. Because I know I shall not be in want. Because Jesus is carrying me. And I am waiting upon him. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. Literally, surely goodness and kindness, piety, beauty, mercy, will follow me all the days of my life. That word follow is literally to chase after, to pursue. The promise is that if you will acknowledge the Lord as your shepherd, and you will humble your heart before him, and you will allow him to return you to a rightful place, 
if you will allow him to create righteousness in your life, if you will turn your eyes away from you and turn your eyes to Jesus and you will trust in him, he will prepare a table before you in the presence of the enemies who want to destroy you and steal from you. And he will bring joy into your heart. Now, before I have what I need, I already have the joy in my heart. I already rejoice in the Lord. I'm asking him to provide for me in many areas. I'm asking Jesus to open the windows of heaven and provide for rent, to provide for radio, to provide for me because I am his sheep. I am his lamb. And only he can provide. Well, how can he provide for me if I'm not, if I'm not at work? Oh, Jesus has ways to provide for you. Surely goodness or righteousness, innocence, kindness, piety, beauty, mercy, they're going to all follow after you. They're going to chase after you. Stop long enough for them to catch up. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Literally, that word dwell in the Hebrew means I will sit down in the house of the Lord forever. In other words, I'm going to rest in the Lord. I'm going to trust what he's doing in me. I know Jesus is trustworthy. And my trust is in him. For the very practical things, for food and shelter, for the car, I trust him. He is faithful. He leads me beside quiet waters and he returns my soul to its rightful place. I talk with some believers and they are not delighting themselves in the Lord. They're panicked. Oh, how am I going to do this? How am I going to pay that? How am I going to arrange this? Oh, everything is bad. I'm dying. And they're panicked. And I have to try to talk them down into a peaceful place where again they'll turn their eyes upon Jesus and look full in his face and know that he is the shepherd and this is his business to prepare a table for me in the presence of mine enemies. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Psalm 45 I want to turn to it quickly. Psalm 45. Listen to this. Begin reading with verse 6. Your throne, O God, 
will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness, you love innocence, and you hate wickedness. Therefore, God, therefore, God, your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. People are panicked, they're afraid, they're running. They're suffering. They don't have any joy. But the anointing of God brings joy to our hearts. Even when there is no food in the house, or no rent money, or mortgage money, or the car can't be paid for, even if we are at an absolute crisis, we are called to trust in our shepherd. and our hearts will be anointed with the oil of joy. Verse 9, Daughters of the kings are among your honored women. At your right hand is the royal bride in the gold of Ophir. Now listen to this. This is for you today. Listen, O daughter, consider and give ear. Forget your people and your father's house. The king is enthralled by your beauty. Honor him, for he is your Lord. He is saying to the bride, Don't look to your father's house, your earthly father's house. Don't look to the people you know. Look to Jesus. Because the king is enthralled by your beauty. Did you know? I spoke to a dear man this morning. He was condemning himself. I said to him, The Lord thinks you are a very brave man. And he is. He's one of the bravest. He's gone through incredible suffering and pain. And yet he is searching after Jesus with all of his heart. He is a man of great courage, of integrity. I said, the devil is telling you that you're lost, that you're nobody, that you're a sinner. Don't receive the devil's condemnation in your heart. God never comes condemning us. He always comes encouraging us to accept his love and his discipline to go to the pasture he leads us to. Jesus is enthralled by your beauty, my brother, my sister. He loves you with all of his heart. Now, I've said this week many things that are very straight, even hard. But I want you to know, I've said these things to you because we are running out of time. We are running out of out of space. We are coming to a time of great crisis. And if your eyes are not upon Jesus, and if you do not trust him with your life, 
and with your family's life. You will not survive this. We are coming to a time when the mark of the beast will be assigned. Already, men are planning that mark of the beast. They have already the technology, and now they're trying to figure out how to create that crisis. Some of us believe that part of what happened with COVID-19 was the globalists trying to set up something that would bring America into such crisis that we would be willing to accept the mark of the beast. I, for one, will not accept the mark. I will not accept the vaccine. I, for one, am going to wait upon the Lord. I'm going to trust Him. My faith is in Him. My confidence is in Jesus, not in flesh, not in man. Jesus loves you. And He wants you to walk right on through. He wants to encourage your heart today. Now let me tell you what I'm going to do tomorrow. I'm going to open the phone lines tomorrow and I'm going to invite you to call and pray. Some of you need to call and just simply confess sin. And let me pray for you. Some of you need to call and cry out to the Lord for America and ask the Lord to stop the abortions and to stop the wickedness, to stop the vileness that's pouring out in America. Our children in public schools are being utterly corrupted by the worldly agenda of the globalist and the Antichrist. Already Antichrist teaching is being shoved into the little children. We've got to pray that this wickedness stops. My brother, my sister, Psalm 36, an oracle is within my heart concerning the sinfulness of the wicked. There is no fear of God before their eyes. For in his own eyes he flatters himself too much to detect or hate the sin. The words of his mouth are wicked and deceitful. He has ceased to be wise and to do good. Even on his bed he plots evil. He commits himself to a sinful course. He does not reject that which is wrong. That's what's happening in America. And I am calling you to repent. I am calling upon churches to call for solemn assemblies. Even on the internet. If you can't meet one-on-one, person-to-person, if you can't meet as a congregation, pastors, call for solemn assemblies on the internet. Call for a time of prayer and fasting. Don't try to pretend that business is normal. Don't try to pretend that the church is surviving this. Cry out to God. Try out, cry out to the shepherd of our souls. 
It's time to pray and to fast. I pray that you will do that. That's what I've been doing. Fasting, praying, speaking with people on the telephone to encourage them, answering questions, confronting sin. It's time. We need to ask the Lord to give us a burden of prayer that conviction will come in America and that we will turn from our wicked ways and that God would hear us from heaven and restore our land. My heart is is filled with joy on one side, but filled with absolute heaviness on the other for America. For America is being destroyed. It is shut down. You can't shut America down and not bring about bankruptcies and destruction of, of families and businesses. It's time to turn to Jesus. It's time to stop the abortions. It's time to turn from the world, the entertainment, the world, the flesh, and the devil. It's time to turn away from religion and turn to Jesus. Let's pray. Almighty God, my heart is broken for America. I ask, Lord, that you would come in sovereign power and begin to humble the hearts of American people, and you would begin to humble the hearts of pastors, that you would turn us once more toward our shepherd, Jesus, and that we would place our trust in you, Almighty God, and that you would establish right paths for us, that you would restore us to that which is good, Almighty God, would you remove our fear as we repent before you and pour your joy into our hearts. Lord, I love you. I trust what you're doing. I don't understand it, but I trust what you're doing. I trust America in your hands. But I ask, O God, that you would pour out a burden for prayer on America and a burden to repent of our sins individually, families, corporate, governmental. Lord, bring repentance to this nation. Turn our hearts once more toward you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, humble my heart before you and humble the hearts of your people that we could be delivered, that you would prepare a table before us in the presence of our enemies. And I will thank you and praise you and honor and glorify your name, Jesus. Thank you. I pray in the name of Jesus. Amen. Well, tomorrow will be a day of prayer. 
I'd ask, would you fast? And would you pray in preparation? And will you boldly come on the air, both confessing your sin and the nation's sin, and asking Jesus to move in power, asking Jesus to lift this plague, this woe that is upon us, and to deliver America from famine. But not just America. Many countries are suffering today. Death is is stalking our streets and our roads and our homes. Would you call and pray tomorrow? I'll give you the number and the information tomorrow as we open the broadcast. Now, I'm also going to ask you to be very strong with me. I know Jesus is going to open the hearts, many of your hearts, to give that this radio broadcast could continue on the air. I need to pay March, and April will go quickly. I need you, if you're a believer in Jesus and you've been moved by this broadcast, would you give all of the support you can to help cover the cost? I love you, my brother, my sister. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. Go to nationalprayerchapel.com. You can give online or you can write to me at the National Prayer Chapel, Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia, 22195. Christ alone.